Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi there, welcome back. This is going to be for 1 Corinthians chapter 8. The heading reads, There are God's many and Lord's many. To us there is one God, the Father, and one Lord, who is Christ. Verse 1, Now as touching or concerning things ordained are offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things which are in the world, offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing, and that there is none other God but one. In other words, uh, the eating, eating food that had been offered to idols, how might it appear to, to a member of the church to see another member eating something that he felt was forbidden? In what ways may non-members become offended by the unrighteous action of members of the church today? So in other words, uh, don't try to be a hindrance to people by uh, doing things that might be questionable. Verse 5, for though, there be at, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. Paul says there are gods many and lords many. I want to set it forth in plain, simple manner. But to us there is but one God. That is pertaining to us, and he is in all and through all. You know, and I testify that Paul had no allusion to the heathen gods. I have it from God, and get over it if you can. I have a witness of the Holy Ghost and a testimony that Paul had no allusion to the heathen gods in the text. So he's saying that there are lots of gods, not just uh, our Heavenly Father, but to us there is only one. Verse 6, But to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom, all, of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Prophet Joseph Smith taught that there is a God above the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and John discovered that God the Father of Jesus Christ had a Father. You may suppose that he had a Father also. Where was there ever a Son without a Father, and where was there ever a Father without first being a Son? Whenever did a tree or anything spring into existence without a progenitor, and everything comes in this way. Paul says that which is earthly is in the likeness of that which is heavenly. Hence, if Jesus had a father, we cannot believe that he had a, can we not believe that he had a father also? And that was by Joseph Smith. So in thinking about this and carrying this to, uh, to its conclusion, if Heavenly Father has a Heavenly Father and his Heavenly Father has a Heavenly Father, then where is the first one? Ah, my opinion is there wasn't a first one, that this has always been going on. In fact, Lorenzo Snow said that there is no beginning, that there has always been people and God's creating worlds, uh, and that there's never been a beginning. If you want some more information about that, there's actually a really good video, uh, it's really good because I made it, uh, about the plan of salvation that's on my YouTube video. So if you just Google plan of salvation Brad Constantine, you'll find my video. It is long, it's about an hour and a half, but might be enlightening. At least it was to me. Sorry, uh, that was a paid political announcement. All right. Verse 7, Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge for some with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. But meat commendeth, it, commendeth us not to God, 
For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. The first priority is unity, and while the eating of idle sacrifice may be in and of itself of no import, if it affects the fellowship of the saints, it's an important issue. And that was by David Seeley. So that's the issue here, is that some people were eating uh, the food that was used to, uh, to uh, sacrifice to idols, and some members of the church were seeing that and were, were falling away because of that. So don't be a stumbling block for others. For if any man see thee which hath, has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. When ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. So anyway, that's what he's saying here. Don't, uh, don't eat something or drink something that might cause someone to be offended. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.